When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, we're doing a remote one here where everybody involved is in different locations. Uh, I, I'm delighted. I'm just so excited to say that he's back. Madge is back. Hello, mate. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's so good to finally have you back on the podcast, man. No, it's weird. We, we, we could have done this remotely loads of times, but I know, I know, I know. I could, we could have done. If we'd organised it. Um, yeah, we didn't. Um, I've, but I've it's good. To, yes, I've missed you too. Have you? Be honest. Mm. Have you listened to any of the ones that you've not been on? No, nothing. Right. Okay. I've read That's a few. I've, I read a few uh, reviews on iTunes. Did you? What did you read? The one. There's someone lay, on iTunes laying into Ben. So that was fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't need to listen to this. <laughs> well, so when you, so your loyalty to the podcast. Yeah, it's all whether I'm. Over, yes. So yeah. what I'm saying is that like, when you read that, when you read them laying into Ben. Yeah. Did you think that's a shame for the podcast, or did you think "fuck Ben" that means that you know it shows how essential I am? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was worried about Ben. I mean, whether he'd seen it or not, I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, you know. Well, if he's not seen it, he's gonna—he's certainly gonna look it up now, isn't he? <laughs> hey Ben. So that's great. It really fucks the iTunes reviews. I, I just think is bullshit. Like, I just don't—I don't see how people get so worked up about something that's free. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. There's some people on there that are proper vicious. Yeah. About me, by the way, I might add. And well, uh, they always just sort of say we just always just talk about '90s hip hop and yeah. or Eminem. That seems to be the majority of the reviews. Yeah. Well, that's going to be the main focus for today, actually. So, okay, nice. uh, how have you, how have you been? I've been really good, mate. Actually, actually, I haven't been great because I went to the. I had to have a, like a medical recently. Oh yeah. For a thing. Trump's. And they up. and they told me that um, I'm borderline obese. Okay. So I'm two stone overweight. I'm a clear two stone overweight. So I, since then, I've been on a diet. Have you? How's that developing? Uh, well, I've sort of... Um, I've, I've just been eating very... Well, I've been, been eating very little. I've been eating very little. Okay. I'm doing this I'm doing this thing where you have a cheat day. Do you know, do you know about this? Is this like 5-2 like or whatever? No. So no, so like six days a week, I eat like very reduced calories. And then one day a week... I just fucking smash it out. I mean, like yesterday was the cheat day. Right. I had a great, great day. Like my mum brought over like a load of uh, like Sri Lankan food. Nice. And now I just feel depressed. I'm just fucking depressed. <laughs> Dirty. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this, what, have you got to lose this weight for whatever for the job? No, or it's no, just, like, it's just for life. For life. They basically like monitored my blood pressure, and they said that my blood pressure is slightly high. 
Okay. And then she said, there's nothing to worry about. And then I said, okay, great. And then I said, how do I lower it? And she goes, oh, well, you're two stone overweight and almost a beast. So I was like, fucking open with that, mate. <laughs> we should have a weigh-in at the beginning of every podcast record now. I might start doing that. I have it's a weigh myself. Down. Okay, well, from now on, yeah. I'm going to do like a little weigh-in. Yeah. What should we do? Stones and stones and pounds, yeah? I prefer stones. Are you going to do weigh-in as well? Yeah, because I, I want to I wanna lose some weight as well. Right, okay. I'm, I'm getting married at the end of July. Yeah. So I'm going to try and lose a stone. Is that good? I don't, well, I don't think you need to lose anyway. I think you look great. Oh, but, mate. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing to do because then, like, the wedding photos are nice, aren't they? There you go. Have you sent out a save the date thing? Because I haven't. I haven't. Oh, no, we haven't done it yet. It's tomorrow. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Look like, see how this goes. That. Yeah, yeah, very excited. Very excited. Well, we can both uh, do weigh-ins then at the end of it. We could both do a weight countdown. Yes, okay. All right, well, let's do that. So mm. next next podcast, yeah. we'll do like a starting weight. Okay. And then, are you actually going to change your lifestyle? Though? Mm. This is absolutely fucking pointless if you're just going to... No, I, you're am, not gonna just, I am. Right. Not you just can't just visualise it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, anyway, should we get on with this? Yeah, go on. This is the bit where we introduce our guest. Basically... The last few podcasts, I um, I haven't been doing very good intros to the guests. Right. So I want to intro. So I'm going to say, so we've got Steve McNeil on. Hello, Steve. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I started to wonder if I dialed into the wrong podcast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was ready to go for another 10 minutes. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Gen- genuinely, before before I was doing this, any other podcast I do, I just dial in and do it and not worry. But this one, because it's like about hip hop, and I want and I want to make sure I talk about things properly. Like I've gone back and listened to music that I loved, and I've made sure I, like, I know things that I want to talk about. <laughs> and then I dial in, and you guys just banging on about being overweight at Christmas. I've, I've also yeah. found that Rupert Magendi, who I've known for nearly ten years, was Rumage on the podcast, and I'd never made the link. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, like, like, a lot of people just assume you, like Rumage is just an Asian name. They just I, just don't, like, I, don't, I don't know what to believe anymore. It's, uh, it's lovely to be yeah. here, Romish. Thank yeah. you for having me. What is your... Uh, I'm good, so I'm going to do an intro. <laughs> Looking for forward you. to it. Looking for, uh, I, I want you to... 13 stone one for the intro, if you've not got it already. And, and is that... Are you, are you, is that the correct weight for your height? Uh, it, I'm a little bit overweight, but I did lose five pounds over Christmas. So, uh, did you? I'm, and how yeah, did you do that? Ill. Really ill. Right. Okay, 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 Delighted. Delighted. Okay. So, Steve McNeil, one half of McNeil and Pamphalon, uh, an extremely talented uh, comic performer, also the star of Dave's uh, Go 8 Bit, and also the host of. Is it Go 8 Bit DLC? Is that the correct title? Uh, it, it is, uh, and, although they haven't made that again alongside Series 3, so that's, uh, that's, okay. that's been temporarily parked. Okay, Te- <laughs> also host of the temporarily parked <laughs> Go 8 Bit DLC, yeah. uh, as well as uh, Notorious for his fantastic uh, show Wi-Fi Wars that he's going to talk to us a little bit about, as well as his love of hip-hop. Ladies and gentlemen, please, can I welcome to you 13 Stone 1, recently lost £5 through some sort of dysentery, <laughs> It is Steve McNeil. Hello, mate. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's, it's Thank you very much for coming. On. Um, so, how are you, Steve? I'm, I'm really, really good. Yeah, I'm really, really good. Thank you for having me. It's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very busy at the moment because the TV show's starting. You know, we're recording this sort of end of January, and the TV show starts in a couple of weeks. So, I'm gearing up at the moment. I've started doing online things, and I'm trying to put a load of work together to do a load of online live stuff while the TV show's on, and it's just killing me. I'm just streaming so we, every day, and we just. 
We just started talking about this before we recorded. Rematch, I don't know what you're doing before you came onto the the little connection. And you were saying that you do a lot of like video, like online video game where people watch you yeah. playing video games. Yeah, people have started paying me to watch me play video games in my house, which um, yeah. Sam sort of describes it as just like a really nerdy, pathetic babe station, which it, it's, <laughs> it's, it sort of is. But um, it's, it's huge. Like, you know, your, your kids watch stuff on YouTube and things. But um, yeah, I started yes. several times a week just um, streaming. I do Minecraft with Paul Foxcroft, another good com- like a com- comedian on Mondays. Uh, Sam comes up and we play games each other on Tuesdays, and just we just hang out and play games and like give each other shit, and then people can talk to us in the chat. We sort of hang out, and it's just growing this little community. But um, yeah, the, the main reason for doing it was I figured while Go Eight Bit um, is on the telly, if I'm putting out a YouTube video every day about video games or I'm playing games over on Twitch, that's my best opportunity to steal Go Eight Bit's audience and uh, get money directly from their pockets rather than do it through a TV company. So um, yes, that is and that's, that plan. seems to be the way of things, isn't it? Direct to consumer is the way forward. It's the Richard right? Herring model. Uh, anyway, listen, Go Eight Bit. Yes. I mean, well, actually, while we're talking about you playing online, sorry, live. This, um, this, do you feel a pressure? Because, like, when I play, normally I'm not wearing any, something appropriate. I'm sort of being my boxes or something like that, yeah, or just yeah. like a onesie. And I'll be sitting playing video games. And I, it's just abject silence <laughs> while I eat, like, Doritos <laughs> off my chair. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel a pressure? Do you, when you're playing, obviously you've got to be talking because nobody's going to pay money to sit you sit watching you in silence. No. But, like, do you feel a pressure to be witty or are you just playing the thing and talking you about it? You try to. Sort of, it, it's like talking to them all the time is the thing. So, like, the games that I play has changed. Like, I started off playing games like Creed Origins or Battlefront. And because they're sort of so actiony, you can't actually keep one eye on the on what the people are typing and ch- chatting to you. So, I tend to play turn based stuff or slur based stuff where I can stop and chat, start and go. But, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I hope, hopefully, as, as you know, if you, do, if you do comedy for as long as you have, then you hope that when you open your mouth, you can turn a phrase that's slightly more amusing than anybody else who would be doing it who's just a gamer. But um, Well, that is the hope. That is the hope, isn't <laughs> but it? I think it's, it's, like, it's uh, like being a radio DJ, but it's, you're playing games instead of music, is sort of what it is. It's just, yeah. just always keep talking and, um, you know, engage with whoever's listening to you. And, and is there any pressure for you to be, like, fucking banging at the games? or I th- like I, or At the beginning, I think that was the expectation, but I think the people who've now uh, turned up and uh, stuck with it have realised maybe that whilst I may be a passionate <laughs> fan of games, I might not be the uh, gaming wizard that uh, people would... Right, right, right. Right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to. are you into video games? I used to be. Right. But uh, what was, no. What was your game of choice? Xbox One. I think. Yeah, but. Th- and yeah. my friend worked at Microsoft and used to give me loads of games, and they're still in my cupboard, not not even uh, opened. But I'd play Call of Duty, that's about it, I think. And Grand Theft Auto. Sure. Boys game. But I never did, you, did, did you play Grand Theft Auto properly? No, I think I just sort of hung about Because the music was quite good as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a. There's a Actually, I mean, here's a hip-hop connection. There's a good uh, YouTube video of Kendrick Lamar playing Grand Theft Auto. I think it... Yeah, it's Grand Theft Auto. And just slating some kid that's playing with him. Oh, really? Uh, it's well worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, it's well worth checking out. Here's a little bit that you like to call. How did you get into hip-hop? So, listen, Steve, yeah. you are uh, you are a hip-hop fan, Yes, right? I am. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I have been since I was a kid, so all the way back to... Um, right. LL Cool J is the, probably the earliest one that I remember, or um, maybe Two Live Crew, like, early stuff. That I remember when I was a kid. Oh then. my god, two live crew! This might be the first mention of Is two live really? crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I think it might. Well my be. dad, my dad was a DJ when I was a kid, and he used to play right. uh, like uh, nightclubs and things. And um, 
Jay just had everything. So. Well, he was a hip hop DJ, was he? It, it, was, well, it, it was. It was. He, he did hip hop. He I was a lot of electronic stuff as well. It was sort of all the sort of synth electric stuff mm. in the eighties. Sort of, all the instrumental, just like all hissy noises and all that rubbish. But um, yeah, like, oh, like he, he was. A bit, well, I don't know if he, I mean he was a DJ in a you know in, uh, roller skating rinks in Milton Keynes by the time I was. Uh, I think so. How the mic fell. But uh, I, it seemed incredibly cool when I was six, and he got all the records. Right, right, but, yeah, right. Two um, and it, but hold on, you can't play two live crew at a Milton Keynes roller skating rink, can you? Uh, no, two. Maybe the late. Yeah, the, uh, the um, it was a nightclub. It was actually run, but there was a wrestler called um, what was his name? Johnny Kincaid. That, oh, that's a deep cut for anybody who's a, who's a, rest, a British wrestling fan. But he was uh, he was a wrestler in the UK in I think the late seventies, early eighties, and then he got injured, and he, so he set up a. Um, Set up a nightclub in Bletchley, which uh, I think it was in the Lake State. It was a really rough estate. And my dad used to DJ there, so it was it was from there where I heard that sort of stuff. My dad used to always let me listen to everything. So, yeah, two live. So your dad used to listen to you listen to two live crew. Yeah, yeah, anything. I could Did you listen to like, what me so me so me so horny and face down ass up and yeah, all that yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the we want some pussy was the one that was the one that I always remember. <laughs> And I was I was not old enough to like I mean I did not understand what was going on but I yeah it was it was exciting. Yeah. I say girls don't hide it just divide it and please don't knock it until you've tried it so to all of you bitches and all you hoes let's have group sex and do the Rambo. I mean, there is nothing like hearing swearing for the first time in music, yeah. is that? I mean, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, the other, I mean, remember the I other one he had was, um, uh, not, not hip hop, but like Kevin Bloody Wilson, who's like the Australian, did all the comedy songs. And just absolute <laughs> filth. Remember. So, yeah. So was that cool. like, Come, where's my fucking Yeah, phone? yeah, exactly. Stick your fucking phone up your fucking well, no. arse. Yeah, dr- <laughs> I mean, I'm only realising it now, but my father was a dreadful parent. <laughs> <laughs> what did your, did your mum have a take on it? No, I don't remember her being involved in it. I think I think she I think she was just uh, keeping out of the way because uh, just your little secret. Well, I used to roadie for him when I was a kid as well, so I used to go out and lug all the kit. But when, not when I was like see, like when I was about like eleven, twelve onwards, that was like how I made money roading for him and some of the other DJs who we worked with, just lugging all the kits. Also, I just heard everything that was going on. Yeah, it's good money, man. Rack your brains. Give it some thought. What was the first hip hop album you bought? Your first album was uh... Home Invasion. Home Invasion. I see. Um, how did you get hold of this album? It was cassettes. It was at school, so it was everybody used to just pass cassettes around. Because I, um, I, I, I was never, I was never cool at school, but I, I had the good fortune to um, happen to sit next to one of the cool people on day one at the new school when I went to secondary school, and so I was sort of protected yeah. and thus on the periphery of the people who were smoking and getting up to mischief at school, and so um, that was sort of, that was sort of my way into all that. Um, and so we were also, I think, one there was one guy, a guy called C. Aniba. And he took my Horace Brown cassette and never gave it back, and kept saying he was going to. And I was, I'm oh still angry God. to this day. That was a good album. Never got, it, never got it back. But yeah, uh, I see yeah, Home Invasion was the first one, and it, the intro on it, even before you get into the tunes, just it, it was funny. The intro was funny. Like people, I, th- I think sometimes people don't understand how much comedy there is. If they're not into hip hop, they don't understand it. But that that first track where it's uh, you know you're now listening to an ICLP. If you're offended, and he goes through all the words, all the words, all the words. Shit, bitch, fuck, dick, ass. Ho, come, dirty bitch, low motherfucker, nigga, hooker, slut, tramp, dirty low slut, tramp, bitch, ho. Yeah, take the tape out now at the end of it. And it's just that lovely little subversion of you're just saying all this, especially when I must have been maybe 
maybe 12, 13 when that came out, and just hearing all of that, and then there being this lovely little punchline on the end of it, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dirty love, slut trap, bitch, oh, all of, yeah, all, just, it was ridiculous, like 30 seconds of just swearing. So it's, it was amazing. Yeah, but um, Home Invasion is interesting, actually, because it is a good album. I've got mixed fit, well, yeah. it, it's probably the album that signaled the start of Ice-T's kind of uh, decline, yeah. I guess. It's still a good album, mm. but like, but it was sort of after OG and after Freedom of Speech. Did you go back and check any of those albums out or did you sort of but, just I, I, stick I've gone back Invasion? since and listened to some of it, but I've, I, it, my, my, in my relationship with the music has always been, because my dad was a DJ, I tended to, it was singles. Like when I was a kid, it was always singles from artists were the ones that I knew rather yeah. than the albums because he just bought whatever was charting or was popular at the time. And, play through those so yeah. albums was more at school so Ice-T I've listened to some of it now and, got, and you know gone back through all of those guys but um, no, at the time that, that was the one that I got given and that was just on loop so, but like 99 Problems on that the, orig- the original one not the um, uh, who, uh, who did the Jason, Jason. Um, so the, the, the original like I'd forgotten how horrific it was until I went back to it a few years ago mate it's so funny it's amazing got a bitch with tits a bitch with ass a bitch with none but hey I give her a pass and I love them all I love them crazily and they love me back that's why they stay with me so if you're having girl problems i'll be there for your son got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one hit it when you sort of get nerdy about music and you go i know my stuff and then when jay-z comes out in 99 problems you go in well nobody knows actually it was originally ice-t that came up with that hook yeah. or whatever jim is on it's on home invasion and then you listen to not to 99 problems on basically it's just the fucking worst song ever man it's, so it's like stupid. the way jay-z does it is he describes all the other problems that he's got in his life and then he goes so i've got 99 problems but a bitch ain't one whereas ice T describes all of his bitches i mean that's he just lists 99 bitches by negative character traits that's all that song is that's all it is can you remember? I've, any got it, I've got it. I've got it in front uh, of me. I've got it in front of me because I'm just gonna. I've got, yeah. oh, amazing, actually, we, amazing, the reason I've got amazing. it in front of me, we did a sketch in our 2011 sketch show where we had Ice T bringing that in and then have a conversation about whether it might be okay right. or not. But yeah, I, I, I'll give you. I'll give, I'm not going to wrap it, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to attempt to do it. But there's a I've got no. a hoe from the east, got a hoe from the west, got a hoe that likes to jack it off and rub it in her chest. I got a hoe from the north, a hoe from the south, a hoe that likes to suck it long and hold it in her mouth. I got a bitch with hair, a bitch with none, a bitch with a knife, a bitch with a gun, a bitch with an ass bigger than the TV set. There's a bitch over there, the one I'm going to get. Maybe not. She might not like me, though. I sweat to a vet. I'll slam her sister, though. And it's, just, it's, just, it's just the entire thing. I've got a bitch with a mink who rocks a fat gold link who likes to fuck me with her ass on the kitchen sink. It's just, it's endless. It's, end, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's Oh my god! What what a nightmare would have been if that bitch that likes a mink fu- liked to fuck him in the garden. It wouldn't have could have included it, it in the it's song. Do you know what I mean? It's a pity. No, it's fortunate. <laughs> fortunate it was the sink, isn't it? It's so bad, but it's 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 incredible. And again, when I was you know first first year at secondary school, just that uh, the amount of filth in that album. Oh was, my god! Well, that that um, I remember that album having a dreadful, dreadful cover because it's badly like drawn a, cartoon thing. Yeah, isn't it like this white kid sort of sitting with headphones on, and there's like kind of ice teas in the background of it, looking like Mufasa in the Lion King, <laughs> like when he after he dies, he's sort of up yeah, in the yeah. air, and then all of these influences are going into this kid's 
that's kind of that was sort of the whole idea of home invasion. Oh, what, wasn't like it? he's sort of rotting their brains, sort of. Like yeah, that. like he's invading your house through the music Ooh, or whatever. And it's that, one of those you know, albums where, like, you know, when computer graphics first came out and computer graphics were rubbish, but people wanted to use computer graphics. It's like that, but hand drawn, yes. and there's no reason they couldn't have just drawn it better. <laughs> it, it looks like <laughs> pencils were just invented, and no one's quite worked out what to do with them yet. Ice T, Ice T's music. What I would say about because I used to be a massive right. Ice T fan, and I like loved OG, Ooh, and I loved Home Invasion, and. I went to see Body Count oh, well, Live, right, right, his metal right. band or whatever. But like, the thing is, is that his music is, it ha- just does not age no. well in the slightest. I mean, you go back to it now, it's fucking unlistenable, <laughs> man. Like, I just can't, it's so bad. And you sort of listen to like, you listen to, and that's not even because of how long ago it was, because it was quite a while ago. But like, you listen to other rapper, like hip hop from that time, and it's fine. You can listen to it yeah. now and enjoy it. But iced tea, I don't know, it just doesn't stand up at all, man. I just not, yeah, it's not great. In, Is he still in, making tunes or he's just sort of TV and film? I think he's just TV and film. Like I watched um, I watched one of his, because is it like Ice and Coco or whatever, his oh, reality show? Or misses, yeah. um, where he like, it's really, I don't know, it's sort of a bit sad. It's not sad. He's married to... Uh, He's married to Coke and they're having their lives. That's fine. People got to grow up. I can't, I'm not expecting it to be following him around on the street, <laughs> slanging keys or whatever. But, but it's sort of like there was one bit where she'd, she'd like done a vocal. She'd sung a vocal at some student. He took it and re- made a house tune out of it and then played it at her birthday. But it's one of the just saddest uh, things I'd ever seen. But anyway, I see if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast, mate. <laughs> So you listen to Ice T, and then you're into some other stuff from that kind of era, right? Yeah, so like, what, well, before before that, it was LL Cool J. So it was because, um, like I said, my dad was a DJ, and before he was before he ended up at roller skating rinks, he did. Yes. He, he used to do. Um, was quite quite into scratching, but um, there was um, uh, 1988. Um, there's a DJ called Cash Money. Did uh, um, yeah, incredible DJ. Yes. But he did us. Yeah. He won the world championships, and he was doing scratching on "I'm Bad" by LL Cool J. And my dad had a, my dad had a vinyl record yeah. of the world uh, mixing championships, and, and that was on it. And just had that on repeat for ages. Uh, and there was a few different ones, like "Rock the Bells" was on somebody else's set, and just so I, I heard a lot of early hip hop stuff through sort of sampling and scratching and that sort of stuff but like white label vinyl like nobody had it it was just that sort of thing because my dad was a DJ he'd get those sort of stuff it that was amazing so it, cool, yeah, Jen, 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 it really really helped me at school not only because have it, like before Spotify and things if you had all the music that was quite like if you if people just say oh I really would like to get my hands on that tune and you could just copy it for them that night and take it back it's uh, prevented an awful lot of bullying having a dad that had all of the decent music yeah, holy sure. shit. And then um, I, how much into scratching were you? Because I sort of went for a... I didn't ever do it myself, but I used to love watching the DMC championships. Yeah, I, like, I, like, I, I couldn't... I, I'd had little plays in my because my dad had proper, like, what were they, 1210s, the Technics ones? The ones that, so my dad had those, but he'd yes, given me his yeah. old decks that he used to do when he did, like, uh, DJing at, you know, weddings or whatever. And uh, you couldn't scratch on those, but you could beat yeah. match because it had got the pitch control thing. So I used to do, like, get the instrumental of one track and get the, like, get, like, the acapella of another and just try to beat match and do like little remixes and things and like record those on cassette and things. So that, but you couldn't scratch on those things. Did you, did you have any particular 
Did you have any particular remixes well, a re- that yeah, stood out? Yeah, a, a really, really good one. Uh, and you didn't even have to change the pitch. You just kicked both of them off at the same time. There was um, an instrumental of Dub Be Good To... Uh, instrumental, no, an acapella of Dub Be Good To Me. And there was an instrumental of a Cookie Crew track, right. which again is a really random reference. But the Cookie Crew, they were like right. um, East London... Peri- uh, I don't know if they were sisters or yes. two girls. But they did sort of like a London sort of... It, it wasn't quite hip-hop. I don't, I don't know what you'd call that genre from that area in that time, but... Yeah, those two went together really, really well. And you literally just pressed go at the same time both and then looked amazing for three minutes. I remember a friend of mine bought an electric guitar and uh, we we used to perform a rock remix of nice. Mama Said Knock You Out. Over the instrumental? Yeah. No, we no, I would actually do the vocals. I would actually do the vocals for it. Wow. So we, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucking amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I might try and find the recording of it and... and uh, and I was about to say put it out, but what I'll actually do is destroy it. Um, yeah, well, I remember like getting really into DJing yeah. and shit like that. And then I started buying. Do you, do you remember the scratch pickles? I've talked about this in another podcast, I think. Yeah. But the scratch pickles, like Cuba, he was banned from the DMC Championships because he was right, too right, good right. and they just thought he'd win every time. I think he might have won three times in a row. Forgive me for not knowing the proper history. But like, but I used to, they used to release their practice tapes and then dickheads yeah, yeah, yeah. like me would buy them. And it'd just be them just fucking about. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, it'd just be like instrumentals and then you just hear, like, just for ages. And like, you can't listen to it for too long. That's what I think is a real shame because I remember when I started secondary school, it was, there was the mixtapes and sort of those little demo tapes where you've got all of that weird stuff going on. And there was also like the live tapes that you'd get from things like, um, Dreamscape and Helter Skelter like the live raves and all of that stuff it used to be copies and yes. copies of copies off of mates to get all that stuff and none of it seems to oh, exist no. online anymore like all of that stuff from that era all of that like all the stuff that's like live DJ recordings and stuff it's just all vanished it's really hard to find any of that stuff it was insane I know because like the thing is is that the, with like YouTube and uh, Spotify and all that kind of stuff pretty much if you can remember a segment of a tune from like way back mm. you will be able to find it now online but mm. what you can't find is like do you know when you like remember an amazing remix or like some different cut that somebody had done of like a track and you just like, oh fuck it was really great in that yeah. you just can't find it yeah. I mean occasionally you do but like you said, no, those things don't exist. Well, so, one, so you just got that, that cash money sale. Like my dad's got it on vinyl. That I've looked online, and there's only like a really low quality video of it, and the sound quality is awful. So I've, there is definitely because my dad's still got all his vinyl. There's definitely a vinyl of that rec- of that championship in my dad's house somewhere that is the best version of the audio that there is because no one's posted anything online anywhere. But I can't find it because he's got like thirty thousand records or something, and it's just buried in his house. But uh, yeah, it's just all lost. It's all in cupboards somewhere or rotting if it's cassettes. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you've got a good lineage uh, in hip-hop. Uh, do you still listen to it now? Because obviously most of the people yeah. that we talk to on this, like a lot of them have carried on listening to it as much as they ever did. Uh, Rue Madge right. has never really listened to it. Um, <laughs> oh, really? But they're, All right. but they're, no, <laughs> most people sort of drift away from it and then maybe you've come back to it more recently. What's your yeah, kind I, of Yeah, uh, sort of a couple of times. So I went up until about, it was like Britpop. When, Brit, when Britpop happened, then I sort of drifted that way for a few years. And I think there was the Fuji's, the score was a big album when I was at sixth form and I spent a lot of time with that. But I sort of drifted more towards R&B stuff Sort of mid nineties because R and B was amazing mid nineties. There was so much good stuff. What kind of stuff for you? What oh, kind man. of R and B stuff oh, are you referencing? Anything like a lot. I mean, I, SW, I mean chart stuff. So there was like Boys to Men. Who's that? No, SWV. Genuinely, because my dad was a DJ. There was all that sort of stuff. But that's uh, TLC. Like which again, you know, this sort of the single stuff. But yeah. some of the album stuff on um, Crazy Sexy's Call was really nice. Um, but a lot of sort of kind of female vocal groups. I was sort of really into. On Vogue was great. Um, I mean, that's not quite, you know, it's, yeah. it all sort of floats somewhere between, doesn't it? But um, Well, I remember like, because at that time, mm. when you're talking like mid nineties, I like, like R&B was great. You're right. But also there was a low, like, that was a time more than any other period where you'd see rappers jumping on R&B tracks and vice versa. It all I mean? like, yeah. it, it's like, I, I don't know if it blurred into one, but there was a massive crossover there. Like for example, like SWV, um, they had Wu Tang on like one of their tracks. Apparently, the stories that Suge Knight forced Wu Tang <laughs> violently to be on that track, but it still exists. Do you know what I mean? Like, and there, and I remember like there's a there's an Aaron an Aaron Hall track. Um, yeah, sensitive. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Aaron Hall? Did you ever listen to Aaron Hall? So Aaron Hall, there's a remix of Sensitivity, uh, <laughs> where with Redman on it. Uh, no, sorry, Curiosity, not Sensitivity. Curiosity with Redman on it, and Redman fucking. He spit like it's amazing. What he does on that track is amazing, but it's like a remix of it of an R and B track. Hey yo, word is born. It's the way the East Coast rocks. Home up the hip hop hustlers and drop tops. And who I be, Mister 07103, spitting hollow point lyrics. But there's no gun on me. Uh-huh. My heart's cold like winter, so enter. Uh-huh. Heat the party up with the Remy and Ginger. Uh-huh. Now who's next to test these thieves? Uh-huh. Red man and Aaron Hall, real vocal these freeze. And also a lot of time because I, I did roller skate a lot because I could get in the, the, the ring through with that boy so the, the R&B stuff suited skating a bit more than the hip hop stuff I think so it was sort of more if you're you know going round and round and round and doing whatever then so smoother flow smoother flow um, but yeah so I got into it was more Britpop and then I think Eminem was the one that got me back Marshall Mathers LP was the one that went because oh, oh, it I mean, it blew my yeah. mind. It still does now. It's an incredible album. But then the, more recently, it's been things like um, Scroobius, uh, Kate Tempest. Uh, I'm obsessed with Kate Tempest at the moment. Yeah. I, keep, I, I have this thing with her album, uh, uh, Let Them Eat Chaos, is it called? 
sing now everything's on Spotify I can never remember the name of anything but that album I just I forget it exists and every two months I'll go back yeah. to it and just listen to the thing and it's I was talking to my wife about it last night and it, it's the only thing I've ever listened to where it right. actually makes me breathless like you hear that said as a thing you, like you, just, you took, took your breath away but she's just so relentless there's just so much coming at you so many ideas so many like images and it's it's so dense and it's coming at you so fast that you, you forget to breathe because you're just yeah. trying to keep up with her while she's doing it it's incredible Al. Europe is lost America lost London lost still we are clamouring victory all that is meaningless rules we have learnt nothing from history the people are dead in their lifetimes dazed in the shine of the streets but look how the traffic's still moving systems too slick to stop working business is good and there's bands every night in the pubs and there's two for one drinks in the clubs and we scrubbed up well washed off the work and the stress and now all we want some excess better yet a night to remember that we'll soon forget all Didn't the blood she start she's, a, she's a poet I mean she, she, like, she publishes most of her stuff in books as well but it's sort of like political it's it, yeah hip hop po- beat poetry it's, it's, it's all over but it's incredible that album's incredible Stor- uh, Stormzy as well listen to a lot Kendrick I've started to get my head around but I've not really listened to much of it um, but I just don't have as much time I've got a kid as well now so I, like, I've got a two year old daughter and there's not much I can listen to in the house that I want to impose upon a two-year-old girl. Especially the oldest. Most of it is unsecured. Yeah, it's, it's very... It's, yeah, actually, none of the two live crew in the house, exactly. <laughs> it's really hard, actually. So how... Sorry, how old did you say your daughter was? Two. She's just turned two. Two, right. So two is difficult because she is soaking up everything that she's hearing. Right? All those words are going in there to be turned into things she says. It's Yeah, it's that age. I had a thing, like, recently, because we've got our youngest is three... And like we, I got sent like a little clip of like a thing, like an edit of a thing I'd done. And I said to the like, like Lisa and the kids, I said, "Do you want to have a quick look at this and tell me what you think?" I don't normally do that, <laughs> but like, right. so they, we were just watching it, and for some reason, I'd forgotten that right at the end of it, I just stare right down the barrel of the camera and then go fuck. <laughs> and like, so, so we were sitting, we're sitting watching it, and they're all laughing or whatever. And then it gets to the end, and then suddenly I remembered. <laughs> And then, ju- and then it was too late. I just l- literally go fuck. And then, obviously, <laughs> our youngest just turns to Lisa and goes, yeah. "Fuck, yeah, fuck." And then, I, I, I sort of had to try and convey to Lisa, "We cannot react to this word because if you do, yeah, of course, no, you never acknowledge it. Never acknowledge it. Just let it go." Yeah, that is the only thing this kid's going to say for the next six months. Yeah. So you've got to like knock. You've got to just pretend it's totally normal. Just move on to the next. Anyway, thing. it wasn't good. <laughs> But you saw Eminem live, right? <laughs> I did. It's the only it's the only hip hop gig I've been to live, and I saw it because uh, uh, I live in Milton Keynes, so I saw him at Milton Keynes Bowl. <laughs> right. So how big how big is Milton Keynes Bowl? I think it's like tw- maybe twenty thousand, thirty thousand. It's huge. It's like it's like an open arena oh, okay. thing. So it's massive right. on the uh, anger management tour. But um, yeah, the the main thing I remember from it is that every like between tracks, the main thing he kept shouting was "Hello London" and "Thank you London." Because what what happened? Like Milton Keynes is maybe thirty miles out of London, so clearly somebody booked yes. it and told Eminem he was playing London, but not had the good grace to tell him that actually he wasn't. Did the Milton Keynes audience accept that, or were they pissed off about it? Or did they just think that's one of those? Oh, we did. Oh, we, I mean, if, if you live in Milton Keynes, you have to have a sense of humour about where you come from. So there, 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 there wasn't too much anger, but um, it, yeah, everybody was laughing every time he did. So on that on that gig, first of all, was Eminem any good on that gig? Because that was like him at his peak, right? I mean, anger management tour was 
big, right? So it was, it was, it was, it was after um, it was after Eminem's show, which I don't like as much as Marshall Mathers. But yeah. obviously, he was still playing all the stuff from the first two albums and, and some of the biggest stuff off the third. So it, it was peak Eminem, and he he had yeah. Fifty Cent there, D Twelve, Cypress Hill supported, which was amazing because Cypress Hill was another one. Go back to that Ice T cassette. Black Sunday was another one that I had very early on that was amazing to see, and then was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was so it was like in terms of lineups for a hip hop gig, it was like they sent everybody to my hometown to let me watch all of them be amazing. It was That's incredible. amazing. Was Cypress so good live? They were really good. They were really good because what they did was they knew that everybody who had come to see Eminem, but they all remembered Black Sunday, so they played Black Sunday. They didn't turn right. up and just do new stuff. They played a lot of like, tunes that everybody remembers. It's so annoying. If, if they'd have come out and gone, yeah, I remember Black Sunday. Well, here's some new stuff that isn't Black Sunday. Just watch everyone just be fucking furious. No, they played they play um, the proper stuff. It was great. You know, like, um, Be Real, his voice, did it sound the same live as it did on the record? I mean, I mean, no, but you know when you're at a live gig and it's just that they're there and it's happening and that's enough for you to look past most of it. Like, <laughs> right. like I imagine if you played me a recording of Cypress Hill at Milton Keynes in 2003, I yes. would be very disappointed by that recording. But at the time, Cypress Hill were playing Insane in the Brain and that was more than enough reason to jump up and down like a lunatic and lose my shit. Yeah, that would have yeah. been fucking sick. And Cypress Hill's first album, by the way, is well is amazing. It's, it's yeah. well worth it. Uh, it's well worth a listen. What um, the, it's funny you mentioned because Fifty Cent was there, right? So had Fifty Cent had he gone bigger? That's I imagine he would have done, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to think timeline for Fifty whether, whether he had or not. I think I think he was still more part of Eminem's crew than being his own thing at that point. Like I, I remember it. I, maybe he was just breaking through because I remember the name mattering that he was going to be doing it. Yes, right, but, right, right. I like he didn't do his own set or anything beforehand. He came on and guested on a few things and sort of. You know, sort of did the two-man thing, but he, yeah. So it must have been just yeah. as he was coming through, I think. Well, because I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if either of you have seen this on Twitter, but you know, Fifty Cent basically kind of ended Jar Rule's rap career. I don't know if you remember, but you know, they had big beef or whatever. But um, Jar Rule, were you a Jar Rule fan, Steve? Were you, have you ever no, been a Jar Rule? That's Rule one fan? of the gaps. I've never, I've never really got, got yeah. back to that. So, Rumor, are you a Jar Rule fan? Dipping and out when I'm feeling low. You dip in and out of Jar Rule when you're feeling low. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, okay, fine. You know, you, you commit to it. You commit to it, mate. Jar Rule, <laughs> right? So he's basically just reignited his beef with uh, Fifty Cent. So Jack, I'm, I'm, I've got his Twitter in front of me. Fun hip hop. Has he got an album coming out or something? I don't know. This is what I don't understand. But anyway, January the nineteenth, he tweets fun hip hop fact. 50 Cent is a pussy, right? <laughs> <laughs> then, then he tweets a little bit later, a little bit later, let's be clear, I mind my business, but for some reason, 50 Cent, and by the way, just to give you an idea of how real uh, Jar Rule is, he's adding 50 Cent in his tweets. Wonderful. Right? Wonderful. So let, let's, let's be clear, I mind my business, but for some reason, at 50 Cent keeps my name in his mouth. I think he'd rather have my dick in his mouth, LMAO. <laughs> Wow. Hashtag tickle booty. Wow. Right. And then he said, <laughs> come on, let's let's keep it a, a buck. 50 cent is my son, my student, young Padawan. Lol, you owe me your life, boy. So he's thrown in a Star Wars reference in there, which I think <laughs> is nice. Um, and then, uh, I'm not going to read all of them. I, it turns out that Jar Rule has known this about 50 cent for a while. 50 cent likes his arsehole being played with during sex. <laughs> so... So Jar Rule has started talking about this 
uh, from this is another tweet. Uh, by the way, these are getting thousands of retweets, right? Uh, so, so yeah. From now on, everyone can refer to Fifty Cent as hashtag Tickle Booty because <laughs> what is hashtag Tickle? Because he likes his arsehole being played. He loves with. his so arsehole tickled. That's fine. Yes, yeah, so Jar Rule has come up with a nickname, Tickleberry. I thought that was the name of his new album. Uh, <laughs> so, apparently they're in on it. It's like a marketing scale. I don't know. Oh, right, right, right. So they're, they're doing it to sort of get people talking about them. It's a fake beef. Fake yeah, beef. but I don't... But the thing is, even if it is fake beef... I, I can't believe that 50 Cent sanctioned hashtag Tickleberry. Yeah, like, let's go with this arsehole. <laughs> like, like, I just don't, I just can't see how that would be a thing. You'd go, wouldn't you pick something else? It, I mean, it, it made uh, me want to go back and uh, check Ja Rule out right now just for that. Now, the, one of the other things you said, because we sort of like to ask people before they come on what kind of stuff they're into. Yeah. You're a PM Dawn yeah. fan, right? I, try, I mean, again, it was a singles, but like the, the the frustrating thing with PM Dawn is like we talked about cassettes and Spotify and all those things. Is PM Dawn is another one of those ones where you can't go back and find his stuff. There's some sort of rights ownership stuff over all his stuff. So the only if you go on Spotify and you try to get, say, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss or anything from that sort of era, yes. those first two albums that he did, they're not on Spotify. They're yeah. not anywhere. They're not you, like you can maybe buy a CD somewhere, but if you want to listen to them online, they're not there. It's, the only thing you can find is pre is um, re-recorded versions, which are just the worst thing in music. That is that, that is can, that, that thing on Spotify where you think you're about to listen to the record by the person. And then you discover yeah. it's from like Croydon Day. Oh no, no, no! These are worse. Like, no, these are worse. These are twenty years later, old sad PM Dawn re-recording them so that he can make some Spotify oh money. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. My yeah. God. Not actual PM Dawn. A- actual Peter Michael Dawn to give him his old name. Has, has sat in his bedroom twenty years later in his bedsit, plugged his laptop. No, and had a fucking go and then stuck him on the internet I mean I'm, I'm being glib actually he's re-recorded a load of stuff and he's, I think he's still active he's doing well so I'm, I'm taking a piss but he has re-recorded because <laughs> KRS-One had beef with him didn't they remember that yeah so KRS-One he um, like stormed the stage and like yeah. pushed him off the stage was it a, a, really was it a London date he did it I don't know but I know but yeah he got basically pushed him off the stage yeah it was a live gig and KRS-One um, was like just don't didn't see PM Dawn as like proper hip-hop and so uh rushed the stage and basically threw him off the stage and and then started playing his own tunes yeah 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 Karis one it shows an incredible self-confidence because <laughs> i don't believe when i'm on tour that the audience are going to like me despite having bought tickets to see me regardless <laughs> like like let alone, you know, if I fucking went to like a Russell Howard gig and rushed him off the stage. I was like, who wants to hear some of my shit? I just don't... Who would be the comedian that would push you off, the, like would storm on stage during your set? Who would... Push you off, got that much beef that they push you off the stage? I don't know. I mean, I guess with comedy, you never know, do you? Because like nobody would say it to your face. So I imagine there's some guy. You know who it is? It's whatever comic is always unreasonably polite when he meets you. It's that guy. Ne- never trust anyone in comedy that's nice to you to your face. Yeah. Oh, man. Hip-hop grapes. What do you not like about hip hop? I, I mean, we, you know, we, we started out talking about like ninety nine problems and two life crew. We want some pussy, and yes. the thi- it's it, it's not even that I don't like it. It's just the thing I can't. I, I just cannot. I, I can't work out how okay it was and how not okay it is now. I can't. I can't reconcile it, and I can't get comfortable with it. So it's. I, I go back and say that like, we want some pussy is a, is a great example because it's it's just. 
Imagine being a woman at a gig when that got played. It must have been terrifying, but it was all fine. But it was just yes. fine then. And when I was a kid hearing it, I was just very excited about the idea of having fun times with ladies. And it was rude and exciting. So yeah. I never had any sense of actually the reality of the language that was being used and what that meant. And it's, it's. I think because now I've got the kid and I'm thinking about like one of the things I want to do is I want to try not, not making... But I want to put together a, like a playlist of kid-friendly hip-hop and rap stuff, but not... I don't yes. want censored stuff where it bleeps, but it's still clear they're talking about, you know, drugs and drug drugging women and then while their uncle just doing abysmal things to them. But stuff like Express Yourself by NWA, that sort of thing, where actually they've made a choice to not swear or, or you know, have a positive message in it and do something more creative with the language. That sort of stuff, because it's, it's like... It, I'd love to show my kids some of that stuff, but if I'm going to play her NWA, I've got to play her Express Yourself. I can't... I can't responsibly as a parent play a lot of the other stuff in their back catalogue. I'm expressing with my full capabilities And now I'm living in correctional facilities Cause some don't agree with how I do this I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary But my technique is very necessary Blame it on Ice Cube Because the said it get funky When you got a subject and a predicate Add it on a dope well, beat the, the, I, I totally agree with you. The problem you've got there though, the slight problem you've got there is that if she like really likes express herself by a WA She's and you only allowed to listen to the, well, well the problem is she might not dig into it and think that that's representative of NWA's work yes, and then she'd be like you know how like Phoebe and Friends never got allowed to watch the ending of movies <laughs> oh, God. like she'd just be like going around going oh, like, I really like NWA really positive and like you know like it's, I, I really find them empowering which they are yeah. in their own kind of different way um, but yeah but I, I tell you what though you have genuinely uh, brought up an issue that has been an ongoing issue in this podcast but I think you've inspired me to do something about this uh, Steve so what we're going to do is because you want a thing of, of kid friendly hip hop we are when we when this podcast goes out we're going to tweet out requests oh, nice. for, uh, yes. for, for kid friendly hip hop so like you said it can't be stuff where they've bleeped it out it's got to be like hip hop songs that are in their original version but just happened to be decent yeah, and I, and for kids, I, right? I, I don't want a 1990s single where Postman Pat did No, around. exactly. I want like proper, proper music from yeah, proper don't artists. Have, we don't want anybody happen. tweeting back, I'll oh, do the Bartman or some shit like that. We actually want proper <laughs> yeah. hip-hop. So, and then what we're going to do... We'll put it out as a Spotify list. So we put the Spotify list together and then... Um, the pro- we did a Spotify list, Steve, for this podcast. And unfortunately, yeah, what's we, happened to that? well, we allowed open access and it's been fucking polluted by the general public. So <laughs> I think we'll have to keep this one closed. But um, so yeah. so if you're li- when you listen to this, tweet, tweet us suggestions for kid friendly hip hop and we're going to put it out. We're going to change people's lives because the kid children of the future, we want them listening to hip hop. So we're going to do it, Steve. It's very this is very exciting. You've inspired. Yeah, I like it. And actually, like you, you think like M- I mean, Eminem's got some crazy stuff, but there there are a few of his that were singles that are pretty much clean that you can find your own. So there are a lot of like huge artists that have got a few of those there. Yes, you can track them down. Between so them. it's yeah. Great. All right, so we're going to do that. So thank you, Steve, nice. for inspiring us to do that. Thank you. What's, what's the uh, hashtag? Hashtag is oh, I don't know actually. Uh, not tickle booty. Not. <laughs> how about yeah. hashtag not tickle booty? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it. That's the hashtag. Yeah, there you go. Uh, although people won't have listened to the podcast and think it's fucking random. <laughs> but anyway, we'll have to put an actually appropriate hashtag onto that. 
So, Steve, we're out of time here, but I want to uh, give you a recommendation. Uh, is any, okay. Are either of you listening to any current hip-hop? Have, have any of you listening to an album currently that you want to mention? If you're not, that's I've, I've said not really, man. No, no, no. What about you, Rumaj? No, not, nothing, nothing's jumping to mind. Okay, so I am going to recommend to you and to the listeners, I have actually mentioned this in another podcast I've been on this week, but I'm listening non-stop. It is uh, a guy called Amine, and the album is called Good For You. And it's like, uh, on the cover, he's sitting on the toilet reading a newspaper and looking at the camera, which is weird. Uh, but uh, but the, the album is amazing. It's kind of like... Uh, How do you spell Amine? A-M-I-N accent E. Right. So, um, do you like the way I said accent E? Is it E with an accent or accent E? How do you say that? I like the way you said it. Okay, cool, if I'm cool, typing, cool. I was, I put the accent first. So this album, what the reason I like it is he obviously he's a great rapper, but it's quite a light kind of. It's not poppy, but it is. He can he can write a hook as well. So it's kind of commercially hip hop. Can we fuck it out? Cause we gon' be up all night, fuck a decaf. You see, I'm a tall thug, yes, I'm a giraffe. If you want safe sex, baby, use the knee pad. Freaky with the sticky icky, baby, give me kitty kitty. <clears throat> Killer, west side, nigga. Do you like 98 degrees and I'm 300, nigga, keep your feet running. I keep, keep, keep when I eat these beasts, better boy, get stuck. Don't run up in my lane, I don't want you in my lane, you a lame, get swerved. It's fucking wicked, I've been listening to it non-stop. Uh, and it's got some like... I'm downloading it as we speak. And it's got some... The reason I mention it, Steve, particularly for you, is like, because you sort of like... Because well, you used to listen to a bit of your R&B, it's got some R&B flavoured stuff on it as well. But um, nice. that is my recommend. That is my Romish recommendation for this for this podcast. So there you go. Well, if we're recommending, then yeah. if, if anybody who hasn't listened to Kate Tempest, I'm sure a lot of people have. If you haven't yeah. and you've looked at it, that's not for me. Get on it because it's incredible. Plug one, plug two, guest plugs for you. Steve, is there anything you're up to at the moment that you want to plug? Um, so, Go 8-Bit, my TV show, starts on Dave on uh, Monday the 12th of February for 10 weeks. So, um, yeah, watch that TV show and then hopefully they'll let me make more. And then if you want to watch all the online stuff I'm doing, I've got YouTube stuff, stuff on Twitch, do a podcast with Sam Pamphlon as well. Um, go to stevemcneil.co.uk and all the stuff's on there. So just go to my website, it's easiest. Um, Wicked. Yeah, come and see my things. Uh, Rumage, have you got anything to plug? We can plug uh, the live, sh- live show we're doing. Yeah. Yes, so it's already sold out. Yes, so. it is already sold out. We're doing hip hop save. Your eyes peeled for returns. We're doing hip hop save my live on February the what is it? February the eighth. February the eighth. February the eighth. Yeah. At the the moth, uh, and it's it's sold out. It is sold out. Uh, what I can announce? Shall I announce this? What I can announce? Yeah. Is that at that gig we will be selling hip hop save my life t-shirts. Wow. Oh my god. It's gonna be. Who's f- gonna do the? Uh, who's gonna do the stall? I don't know. I don't. I don't know, mate. <laughs> Can you bring a flight with you? That'd be great. Every really yeah. But anyway, so we'll be announcing guests uh, as a win. Not because we haven't booked the guests, but we want to do this like staggered. Definitely not because of that. It's not because Definitely we've. It's not, not because we've had anyone drop out or anything. Yeah, or, yeah, so yeah, don't yeah, worry right. about that. Don't worry about that. Steve, are you free to do another? Sure, podcast? sure. sure. <laughs> Uh, listen, Steve, you've been a brilliant guest, man. We really appreciate having you on. That's lovely to talk, man. Thanks for having me. Right, no worries. Take care. See you later, Ray Badge. Bye. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.